These are the Books of the Universe by Douglas Miller, read by the author. Book 1, The Book of Destiny Previously, on the Book of Destiny, Sita Zabala had run into trouble convincing the ruling council of Axman to shut down the Colosseum and free her brother. Meanwhile, the smuggler Zhao Jin exchanged the package she had picked up to her client. The package turned out to be a dragon egg, and the clients turned out to be members of the world-destroying group known as the Wolves. They fled after beginning the process of the destruction of Axpin. Chapter 6. Gladiator Games World. Axpin. World Status. Inner Circle. There was a knock at the door of Itzel's cell, and there shouldn't have been. He didn't move from the wooden slab in the wall that his captors called a bed. He just opened his eyes and stared at the door, hoping it wouldn't open. He heard the lock unlatch, and he closed his eyes tightly, not wanting to acknowledge what was about to happen. The door swung open, and there stood two guards, each carrying halberds. It's time for your next match in the ring, one of the guards said. I know full well I'm not scheduled until next week, Itzel protested. You were scheduled for next week, but Tanvi fell on her own gauntlet. The schedule wasn't accounting for that, so we gotta move you up. Tanvi is dead? Itzel questioned. He didn't have anyone he would call a friend in this rotten prison of a place. It was hard to make friends when everyone was treated like freaks, and when there was a decent chance that, in any given week, you might be called on to kill said friend. However, Tanvi might have been the closest thing that Itzel had to one. If nothing else, she was a teacher. She'd taught him how to survive when he'd first gotten thrown into this place. And, in the meantime, she had taught him how to make use of his unique magical gifts. That's right, the guard said. So, you'll be fighting in her stead today. Itzel nodded. There was no point in protest. He was sad that he would no longer have her to talk to. He knew that he still needed to improve his skills, but he didn't know who else would be able to teach him. In either case, however, there was no point in being upset about it now. It had been two years since Itzel had been sent to the Colosseum. At twelve years old, he had been newly an orphan, and he was thrown into a place where he was treated like dirt and forced to fight to survive. As much as life in that place could be called survival, he sat up in his bed. His clothes were little more than ripped brown rags, but they suited him well enough. He ran his right hand through his long, greasy black hair before standing up. No light came from the jagged lines across his face. They were as dark a green as possible without being black. One of the most noticeable things about Itzel was that he didn't have a left arm. Instead, floating where an arm would have been, was a series of dull gray stones, each floating separately in the air, but together having shaped something in the semblance of a floating arm beside him. Sometimes, flashes of red light would leap between the stones, but no one could figure out the significance of those times. 
He walked to the door and let the guards lead him through the long stone corridors of the underground rooms below the Colosseum. They brought him to stand behind a set of large wooden doors where he would wait. Most of his life here consisted of waiting. He'd gotten very good at it. Beyond the door, Itzel could hear the mingled voices of the crowd as they conversed. It all blended together into a low rumble of discordant sounds. He thought of the numbers, of the hundreds of people who were up there, who would be cheering for the match. They would be cheering for blood and death, be it his or that of his opponent. So far as he was aware, almost everyone in Axpin had been to at least one of these matches. Most people came to as many of them as they could. It was the popular talk of all entertainment conversations throughout the city. So far as it's all new, the only person in the world who opposed it was his sister Sita. Even she came out to the matches sometimes, but it always made it so feel sad when she did. It only served to make her feel worse about the situation, and worried that something would happen to him. It seemed, to him, to be Sita's way of torturing herself. He knew she felt guilty about him being there, but he also knew that it wasn't her fault, and that there was nothing she could do. The crowd grew silent as one voice rang out above them. Attention, ladies and gentlemen, the voice cried out. Itzel recognized the voice. Jukka Pajari. He was the businessman in charge of the Colosseum, and all the dealings that went on there flowed through him or his people. Everything that happened there was subject to his decisions. He was the one who paid to ensure that the council would never move against the Colosseum. Itzel had made a point of being well informed of Jukka's dealings. It wasn't hard. People saw him as a kid, so they took less notice of him eavesdropping on them. He had found that, when Sita had begun to stir up trouble against the Colosseum, Jukka had made direct donations to many members of the council. For those who wouldn't be bought out by him, those that might have otherwise agreed with Sita's efforts, Jukka found ways of blackmailing them or threatening their families, paying killers and criminals to ensure their cooperation. Because of this, nothing would ever happen to shut down the Colosseum. Itzel never told Sita about this when she would come to visit him. He didn't have the heart to dash her hopes of putting an end to the madness. Tonight, we have a battle for you that will go down for the ages. Coming in on the north side of the arena, we have Guido Arbit. If you've seen him fight before... You know that he is a master of the blade, as well as numerous other weapons. He is the best at slicing and dicing his foes, and I'm sure he's going to want to do that today. Itzel shook his head. Guido was good, sure. When it came to weapon-based events, he was surely the best. Fortunately, Itzel had never had to go against Guido in weapon-based events. Even today's event was a free-for-all, which would allow Itzel access to his unique skills and abilities without being punished for them. On the other side of the arena, we have our crowd favorite. This is a young man who managed to survive seven waves of collected monster battles. 
This is the boy who managed to put down Radic the Jagged, filling in for Tanvi, who taught him in the ways of dark magic. We have Itzel. The doors in front of him opened wide, revealing the open arena of the Colosseum. Sometimes they would add traps, obstacles, or environmental factors to the arena, but that wasn't how they set it up today. Today was open, stone floor all the way around. Along the walls, various weapons had been hung. This was sometimes the case, sometimes not. Itzel assumed it was for Guido's benefit. Guido stood directly across from Itzel, on the far end of the arena. Guido was a small man with a wiry frame. However, what made him really dangerous, aside from how good he was with weapons, was that his back was covered in razor-sharp spikes. This meant that if he carried a blade in front of him and had his spikes behind him, he was defended and able to attack on all sides of himself. Let the games begin, Jukka cried out. The crowd cheered wildly. Guido ran to the wall beside the doorway where he had come in, and he picked up a longsword with his right hand and a dagger with his left. Now armed, he charged towards Itzel, sword out and ready. As Guido approached, Itzel began to feel out towards the mystical energies of the room. He bent and twisted his right hand along with the pattern of the energy, grasping numerous strands. Mentally, he reached out and pulled other strands in, connecting them with those caught along his right hand. When Guido finally got close, Itzel crouched down, trying to get beneath the attack, while swinging out his stony left arm. Large pieces of stone collided with Guido, sending him flying several feet away. Itzel closed his right hand into a fist, drawing together all of the strands of mystical energy that he had gathered together. Then, he focused his mind and all of his magical energy, and he yanked on the threads as hard as he could, trying to rip them apart. Guido felt the air torn from his lungs. He staggered to stay up as he choked for breath. Itzel took the opportunity and charged forward. He slammed his floating rock arm into Guido again and again. Guido held up his sword, trying to stop the stony assault. He spun with his dagger, but Itzel blocked, his right arm hitting against Guido's. The two broke apart, and Itzel twisted his right hand. Pain shot through Guido's body, and Itzel swung at him with his stone arm again. In spite of the pain, Guido dodged out of the way. Itzel swung his right hand and opened it flat. A huge gust of wind hit Guido, lifting him into the air and sending him flying. His back struck against one of the walls of the arena, knocking several of the weapons onto the floor. He tried to get off the wall, but his spiky back had gotten stuck in it. He wiggled his legs, trying to shift enough to get free. Itzel picked up a spiked morning star from the wall. He walked toward Guido slowly, watching him struggle. Itzel could hear Jukka's cutting commentary over the cheers of the crowd as he moved towards his prey. He didn't want to kill Guido. Guido was kind enough, and Itzel had nothing against him. When Itzel had first been put into the arena, he had had a hard time finishing fights. He'd been innocent up to that point in his life. After all, he had just been a boy. 
he hardly could fight at all. Over time, he'd come to realize that all of the other contestants were out for their own survival. None of them would hesitate to kill him in the arena given the chance, no matter how nice they were outside of it. Itzel drew close to Guido. Seeing the end of the battle in sight, he drew back with the Morning Star, holding it amid the floating rocks of his left arm. The rocky fist glowed red as he readied the strike. Guido put his feet against the wall and pushed off. He came off from it and toppled onto Itzel, knocking Itzel to the ground while kneeling over him. Guido raised his blade to Itzel's throat. Kill him! Someone from the crowd shouted. Itzel knew that whenever it came to a situation like this, someone always shouted it. Maybe it was human nature, or maybe Jukka paid someone to make things more exciting. Yeah, kill him! Someone else agreed. The agreement ran through the audience like wildfire, and within seconds the whole crowd was chanting, Kill him! Itzel met Guido's eyes, his expression blank. He wasn't going to plead with Guido for his life, verbally or otherwise. Guido didn't have to kill Itzel. So long as the fight was clearly over, they could go their separate ways, even with the obvious winner being rewarded as such. There would, of course, be penalties for the losers down below. Until their next battle, their meals were smaller and even lower in quality than normal. They would spend daily time in a room that they called the pain room, for obvious reasons. Otherwise, contestants would just feign defeat from the beginning. Most battles ended this way, without death. Many ended with incredibly serious injuries, but most didn't end in death. Jukka knew that it wouldn't be good for business in the long run if all the fights ended that way. He'd run out of contestants far faster than he was able to replace them, as it was, the Colosseum was often pretty bare-bones. They only took those who had physical mutations, like Itzel's arm or Guido's back. Still, death was what the audience always wanted. They wanted blood. They wanted finality. They wanted to see the gladiators act with brutality and destructive force. So, Jekka was sure to encourage that to happen, at least occasionally. Itzel looked up at Guido's eyes. Guido could just walk away, but the crowd wanted blood. Itzel knew how much the cheers of the audience could push a contestant. He'd felt it himself plenty of times, and he'd given in to it more times than he wanted to admit. He wouldn't be upset with Guido for killing him, not just because he'd be dead, but also because he could understand Guido's actions. Itzel thought it might even be for the best. The life he lived was mostly suffering, so he didn't have much that he was going to lose, only Sita, and he knew that her life would get much better when she could stop worrying about him. Guido drew back his blade, but only a little bit, not enough to indicate that he was letting the battle end, rather enough that he could get momentum for his killing strike. Itzel took in a deep breath. He continued to look into Guido's eyes, but his own conveyed nothing. The ground shook. Guido fell forward, his blade cutting across Itzel's face, 
across the skin line on his left cheek. Itzel rolled out from under Guido and slowly stood, looking around the arena as the ground continued to tremble. Large red cracks were beginning to form across the floor, and where they formed, sections of the stone arena or the wooden stands around it began to fall in. The people of the audience, in a panic, began to rush out. Is this some of your dark magic? Guido asked as Itzel reached down to help him. No, Itzel said. This is beyond me. Guido took Itzel's hand and stood. Come on, we've got to get out of here. It looks like the whole Colosseum is going down. How are we going to do that? Guido asked. We've been trapped here for years. It's not like Jukka's going to help us get out. Itzel looked up to the wooden stage overlooking the stadium where Jukka stood, panicking with the rest of the crowd, trying to shove their way out of the Colosseum before it collapsed in on them. Itzel smiled through his glare. I have a way. Hello, I'm Douglas Miller, the author of the Book of Destiny, and the reader for this podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Books of the Universe. If you want to check out more of my projects, like my cyberpunk superhero series, Heroism and Other Lies, or my spacefaring robot series, Ruins and Robots, you can find them on Amazon, or get more information on my blog, which you can find at goalworlds.blogspot.com, or my Facebook page, facebook.com goalworlds. You can also find more Books of the Universe information on my blog, including character profiles, world guides, and more. Again, that's goalworlds.blogspot.com. If you did enjoy this episode, let me know. Like, review, or comment on wherever you found it. And of course, be sure to share and tell any friends, relatives, colleagues, or strangers who might be interested about the Books of the Universe podcast. I'm hoping you get the next episode posted on Friday, April 10th, so be sure to check back then. Until next time, survive your gladiator games!